0: Good Monday. Welcome back to Locked on Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State football and basketball podcast. I am the host of Locked on Buckeyes, Kyle Lamb. Thank you for giving us a listen. We're on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, play Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Follow the show at Locked on Buckeye. Make sure you're telling friends, family members, whoever you know that listens to the Buckeyes. Tell them about the show. Spread the good words. As I said, on we are on pretty much all of your favorite podcasting platforms today. unlocked on, on Buckeyes, we'll discuss that game that shall not be named. You know, the one involving two other teams that are not Ohio State. It's on tonight. We'll talk about it. I know some of you are still finding that a little bit painful to discuss, but this is a therapeutic show. We're trying to get you through the pain. It It's helpful to talk about it and listen to it. We'll preview that, and I'll give my thoughts on that. And I know this isn't much better either. A lot of pain here, but Ohio State basketball not playing very well, losing its fourth straight game over the weekend at Indiana. I will give my thoughts on that. And despite how many things look really, really bad for Ohio State, I'll explain why I think it still all comes down to a shooting slump, which I think that they will get out of sooner or later at some point. You certainly hope so. If not, it's going to be ugly. But we'll talk about that. Next on on Buckeyes. Tonight, we are all LSU. We are all born on the bayou. LSU is doing it for the big people, the little people, the rich people, the poor people, the unfortunate, those in dire need, the Patriots. We are all Tigers. LSU is not just doing it for LSU Or Tiger Nation, they're doing it for America because they are going against evil, the Clemson Tigers. Dabo is the most annoying person in the universe. I have anointed him that. Yes, I I know some of you are trying so hard to muster up the uh, tolerance to be able to watch this game tonight. And... I won't hold it against any of you if you can't manage to GAF. You know what that stands for, I'm sure. I'm not going to spell it out for you. But if you don't, I, I, I can't hold it against you. Some of you are scarred. Probably not for life, but at least for the rest of the college football season. But for me, Joe Burrow is our chance at redemption. Not just because he's a former Buckeye. Not just because he's a great player but because they're going up against Dabo and the most disrespected team in the history of college football, if you listen to him. I know some people would listen to this if they didn't know any better and say this is sour grapes, but have you been listening to Dabo recently or for the last five years? The guy just continues to get more and more and more annoying. This has nothing for me to do with Burrow being a former Ohio State quarterback, or Clemson having just beat Ohio State. <laughs> but they just need to be put down a peg. Because if you listen to Clemson Universe, if you listen to their fans, it's almost like college football was created with the hiring of Dabo Swinney. And that guy is just, he's making excuses after excuse. And oh my gosh, woe is us. We, we don't get our respect. We, we, what do we have to do? for people to take us seriously. It's funny because the most recent incident earlier last week, you may have seen that he was more or less complaining about having to play LSU in new Orleans. And I know some of you were concerned about that coming into the season. So, okay, maybe I can give him a pass. We could give him a pass for being concerned about having to do that. I don't think it makes that big of a difference to be honest, because home field advantage doesn't make that big of a difference to begin with. And that only, makes a big difference if you're traveling with only a day or two rest. Once you've been in some place for several days for a big game like this, home field advantage really doesn't mean much. But I digress, that's a whole other topic. But he has been complaining all year long and for the last several years, he finds something to complain about. Well, then he was asked about having to practice indoors this week in a hotel because the weather, they were supposed to be practicing outdoors, and the weather forced them in. So they had to practice in a hotel ballroom. Sure, it's not ideal, especially when LSU was fortunate enough to get to practice inside at the Saints facility. That's awfully fortuitous. And actually, to be honest, I wouldn't even mind it if Dabo was a little bit upset about that because that would kind of irritate me, just in principle. I don't know that it makes that much of a difference, but it would irritate me. But when asked about it, instead of acknowledging it's kind of crappy, <laughs> Dabo. More or less said, I, you know, it's unbelievable that you're coming up with this narrative, and you're asking me. Be and and it's unbelievable how people would push this narrative right away. Woe is me! Once again, Dabo Swinney. Oh golly gee, why would people assume that I would make a big deal about this? Because you have made a big deal about every little thing. You make a big deal about the. Respect and media attention. You make a big deal about where you're playing this game. So sure, it's going to be understood that people might be a little bit curious as to if you're going to whine about playing in a hotel ballroom. So I am curious, though, how many of you will watch this game tonight? I am going to watch it. Look, I've said before in the past for various games where... It's not so much that I'm protesting a game, or sometimes I'm just ambivalent. I actually did not watch LSU-Alabama in the national championship back in 2011. Some games, though, I, I just can't get up for, I, but I say I'm not going to watch them, and I still wind up tuning in at some point during the game out of curiosity. Did that with Alabama-Georgia. I tried to shut it off, wound up turning it on in the second quarter, turning it back off, turning it back on midway through the third quarter, and I wound up watching the rest of the game. I will probably watch the whole thing. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this LSU-Clemson matchup. Look, I'm not disrespecting Clemson. Although Ohio State outplayed them, I give Clemson credit for having, having been able to withstand those punches by Ohio State, coming up with just enough stops, just enough plays to win the game. I give Clemson credit for that. I think they're a top three team. I don't think they're as good as Ohio State. I don't think they're as good as LSU, but I think they're a really good top t- top three, top four team for sure. There's no doubt about that. But I, I, I will say this. I have been calling LSU a one-trick pony all year long, but that one trick is as good of a trick as you'll ever see. I mean, really, if you look at this LSU team, it's not unfair to say they win based on passing alone. They haven't been consistently shutting down the other team's run game. Their secondary, despite as talented as it's been, and it's up and down, it's been better lately, they haven't been terribly consistent. They're not a shut-down defensive backfield. I know, that's shocking. This is DBU we're talking about. But they, but they haven't shut everybody down consistently. Their run game really isn't very good. Clyde Edwards-Solera, if you just watch him, sure, he looks great. He looks like a physical specimen that's going to be a great NFL back, and he might be, but then you look at his stats, and he's running for like 4.7 yards a carry at last I checked. They don't run the ball very well, and they know that, which is why I think that they have relied so heavily and consistently on this pass attack. So they really do win with a pass game that is just otherworldly right now. Joe Burrow knocking on the door of 80% against a pretty good schedule. I mean, those receivers between, with Burrow and his escapability, how many times have you seen him just kill team spirits? They He kills the will of defensive teams because you get LSU into these third and 11s and you feel really good about it. And you finally come up with good coverage on that terrific receiving core that LSU has. And then all of a sudden he'll escape three rushers and wind up running for 15 yards for a first down. And it just kills the spirit. It kills teams, and that's why I'm, I'm so intrigued by this LSU team because they're not as talented from top to bottom as Alabama, Ohio State. Even You could argue Clemson is a better overall roster, even though Clemson's not as talented as Ohio State. Maybe Clemson is a more balanced roster right now. But LSU, their pass game, it's they're a one-trick pony, but that one trick, it's really good. So I, I just think LSU, I think they're a better team and I look for them to win tonight because I think to to other people's credit or, or to LSU's credit, nobody has been able to stop the LSU pass attack really all, just all season long. Joe Burrow's had one of the best, most consistent seasons I've seen from a quarterback ever in college football. I think that's going to carry on tonight. I'm not just saying this because Really, actually, I would have said this regardless of how that Ohio State Clemson game transpired. I want LSU to win if it's not going to be Ohio State because I'm a big Joe Burrow guy. I was a big fan of his coming out of Athens. I was a big fan of his while he was at Ohio State. I thought that he had potential. I never saw this coming. I'm not going to pretend I did. This is well above and beyond what anybody could have imagined for him. But I thought he had a chance to be a really good quarterback and it has manifested, manifested itself into a legitimate Heisman, a deserved Heisman trophy, the number one pick in the overall and dra- the o- number one overall pick in the NFL draft coming up for my Cincinnati Bengals who day. Uh, really looking forward to seeing Burrow in a Bengals uniform. Uh, I hope they get a line for him to protect him, but my goodness, I, I, I'm i really excited to see that happen, but I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I'm rooting for LSU. As much as I know many of you would never imagine yourself rooting for an SEC team, at least LSU has been there, done that before. They have a history that goes beyond just five years. I swear, Clemson, college football was around a long time before Dabo came on board, okay? (laughs) This is not a new thing for LSU, Ohio State, Alabama. I respect programs like that. Clemson is a Johnny-come-lately, and they need to be put down. So go Joe Burrow. Go LSU. Go America. Tonight, the national championship game, I will be watching. I don't blame you if you're not. Hit me up at KYLAM8. Tell me, are you watching or not watching? Curious to hear your take. We'll talk some Ohio State basketball. It feels like a sinking ship, but I'm not there yet. I'll tell you why. Next. Ohio State basketball did it again, losing at Indiana on Saturday, their fourth loss in a row, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Maryland, and now Indiana. Look, bottom line, I don't think the season is over. I don't think, shockingly, as much as it's hard I know for some of you to agree with me on this, I don't think it's time to panic just yet. Now, if they lose on Tuesday to Nebraska at home, well, then I might be pushing the panic button. But here's the thing. I still think this is a shooting slump. And I know some of you will say correctly, well, there are these problems here and those problems there. It's, it's Shooting isn't the only issue right now. But I think everything stems from shooting. Look, I'm going to explain. First and foremost, Dwayne Washington Jr. only playing seven or eight minutes or whatever it was the other day and and getting pulled. I think that shows that he is not uh, not 100%. He's not healthy. Remember, if you look at his, before he missed that Minnesota game with the rib injury, he was playing so much better. In fact, he was shooting 50% from the field before the Minnesota game that he set out. Since then, he's been shooting 29% in the games that he's played since returning. Ohio State was shooting as a team 50% before he got hurt in the games, including Minnesota, that he did not play. Since then, Ohio State is only shooting 40%. I think Dwayne Washington is still not healthy. I really think that if you look at the way he's shooting, the way he's playing, since then, I think that that rib injury has not healed completely. And Ohio State has not completely denied that. They, Chris Holtman has said it a few times that he's still dealing with it. And I think it is hurting Ohio State. Now, am I suggesting that Dwayne Washington is the only reason they're struggling? Of course not. But I think it starts with him. He was playing so well before the injury. You add in the Kyle Young injury You add a team shooting slump, okay? You start to see the big picture. Then what happens when you get a shooting slump is guys start to lose confidence. They start to press. You're seeing that. We're seeing more turnovers with Ohio State. We're seeing sloppier play, worse shot selection. For me, one of the biggest problems I see is guys penetrating because they're trying to force something They realize the defense has stopped their penetration. They have nowhere to go with the ball, and they wind up creating a turnover because they make a bad pass because they didn't think things through. Guys are pressing right now. They're not confident in their shot. They are trying to make plays that aren't there. I I think all this is leading to a sloppy offense. They, They actually ran pretty good offense in the first half against Indiana. But it fell apart. Some of that due to Indiana's defense stepping up. But I also think when the shots stopped falling for Ohio State, they started to panic, and it really ruined their offense. So right now, there are more problems than just a shooting slump, but I th- I think it all starts with the slump, okay? And you got to remember, the competition they're playing, every single team they have played in this stretch in the last eight games Dating back to Minnesota, or Penn State, we'll go Penn State because it's in the last four or five weeks, okay? Dating back to Penn State, every single team in this stretch, with the exception of Southeast Missouri, seven of eight are NCAA caliber teams. Minnesota may or may not make it. We'll see. They just beat Michigan. They've had a really tough schedule. They could get in. In fact, by the way, 12 of 15, 12 of 14 teams in the Big Ten right now are ranked in the top 38 of the Ken Pomeroy rankings, 12 of 14 are in the top 38, literally almost a third of the Ken Pomeroy analytical ratings right now are made up of the Big Ten. It is insane how good this league is. And I know that's the good news for Ohio State is everybody they play almost is an NCAA quality team. So a win only helps, a loss does not really hurt a lot. The bad news is it makes it a lot harder to win those games. They have to snap out of the funk, and that's what the problem with Ohio State right now is. Normally, when you go through a slump like this, that is kind of um, aided a little bit by injury and by by you know some other mitigating factors. You have a couple of games that you can start getting your confidence back. Ohio State has not had a chance to get its confidence back because it's playing really good teams, Wisconsin despite their early losses, is an NCAA tournament team now. West Virginia is number 10 in the country in Pomeroy. They're an NCAA tournament team by far. Minnesota, as I mentioned, despite their early record, they're playing like a tournament team. And Indiana is now top 30 in Pomeroy as well. They're an NCAA tournament team most likely. Everybody Ohio State is playing is tournament caliber, okay? This is really good competition. So that's making things look a little bit worse. But Ohio State needs a chance to get its confidence back. I think it starts with getting Dwayne Washington healthy. That has to happen because if this is going to be a lingering thing, that takes away a consistent score that they had before his injury. But Ohio State needs games where it can get healthy. And this upcoming stretch right here is not easy. There is no easy stretch in the Big Ten this year. When you have 12 NCAA-caliber teams... You're probably going to get, the Big Ten is probably going to get nine, maybe 10 or 11 teams in the tournament this year. So when you have that kind of competition, there is no easy stretch, but this slate of four to five games for Ohio State is probably the best chance it has to get healthy and to get back on track. It starts with confidence. They need confidence against Nebraska on Tuesday, okay? They need to get out to a big lead early. They need to work on the fundamentals, cut down on the turnovers. They need to see shots just go through the bucket. Be aggressive. Get to the rim. Get fouled if you can. Get to the free throw line. Start seeing the ball go through the hoop. And then I think the confidence will return. And you're going to see an exponential effect, not a linear effect, but an exponential effect on the offense. Because when shots start falling... The ball moves better. It moves confidently. You start making better decisions with the ball. I really think Ohio State will be fine. That's why I'm not panicking. I know there are more problems than just the shooting slump, but that's why I'm not panicking because I think it all has to do indirectly with the slump. Once the ball goes back in the basket, which I think will happen at some point soon, I think things will be fine. But I do wonder, Dwayne Washington... If he's not healthy, they need to get him back on track because he is the catalyst for that offense. Having him hurt and Kyle Young out, that, of course, had a lot to do with their struggles in the past. The Indiana game, they played well in stretches, but again, they didn't do it consistently. Played really poorly in the second half, and they started coming apart again. Lack of confidence. So this Nebraska game is a key for Ohio State basketball. They need to see the ball go in the basket. If that happens, I think they'll be fine. They're playing great competition. That's making it look worse than it is. Not to say it's not bad. It's just not as bad as it looks. So really tough schedule. And that's bad news from the standpoint. (laughs) You can't keep playing like this because you're going to get slaughtered in the Big Ten this year if you do. But I don't think they're going to be playing like this for much longer. Look, college basketball... Ebbs and flows all season long, ups and downs. It's a roller coaster ride. Ohio State will adjust. They will get better. There is time, not a lot of time. They're running out of it, but it'll be fine. They'll get better. I really, really think so. It's just a matter of how soon and how much will it happen. I haven't lost faith in Chris Holtman. I think you'll get it figured out. I think the team is too talented not to figure it out. I don't think what you saw against North Carolina was a fluke, and I know North Carolina's bad now, but they've also lost several guys since they played Ohio State. Villanova, that was a really good win. That's not a fluke. Penn State was a good win. That's not a fluke. Kentucky, Kentucky's 4-0 since they played Ohio State. They beat Louisville. They won at Georgia. They've been playing well. So Ohio State has proved it's good. Those weren't flukes, but this idea that Ohio State is peaked, I don't agree with that. They're not playing anything near what they were playing in December. I will give you that, but I don't believe in peaking. I don't believe that because you peaked once that you can't do it again. I believe college basketball is a series of ups and downs, and the Buckeyes are just really, really down right now. More extreme than you usually see, but I think that they can get themselves out of it, but it starts with confidence. Get healthy, start seeing the ball in the hoop, It'll be fine. All these other things, the turnovers, the, the poor offensive play, that stuff I think will will improve as the shooting improves. I, I really think indirect effect. Anyhow, that's going to do it for Lock on Buckeyes today. Thanks for giving us a listen. More Ohio State football and basketball talk throughout the offseason, recruiting, looking ahead to 2020. Basketball, of course. Hopefully they get rebounding, get rebounded, and get back on track to be a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Follow me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Follow the show at Locked on Buckeye. Spread the word about the Locked on Buckeyes podcast, your daily Ohio State football and basketball show. We're on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many of your favorite third-party platforms. Thanks for giving us a listen. Have a good one.